From Studio Nowhere, it's time for... Saga USA. Welcome to another edition of Soccer Talk USA. I'm your host, Mark Cedar. This is episode number 299 for the uh, 11th of uh, July, 2011. And, uh, well, we've got a lot to talk about this week. We've got, obviously, the uh, big result for the USA in the Women's World Cup. And uh, in MLS news, we've got the uh, big Portland versus Seattle showdown. And uh, a few things to talk about, so... Let's dive right in and uh, talk about some of this stuff. So not a lot of news to talk about. The only thing that happened uh, news-wise that I saw was the uh, all-star team was selected, but uh, I really honestly didn't pay that much attention to it. It was during halftime of the uh, Timbers game, and I was uh, with my friend, and we were talking and doing other things, at, uh, getting getting dinner ready, and I didn't really pay too much attention. The only thing I noticed was that Jack Jewsbury, uh, the Portland Timbers player, uh, was selected to the team, which was pretty cool. Uh, definitely well deserved, and uh, yeah, so that was cool. Um, everybody else, you know, I, I did think there was some. Uh, I watched Alexi Lawless's uh, thing where he talked about, you know, some some omissions, and I thought Brad Davis from Houston was definitely one that uh, that, that that's that's almost criminal. That one, he should be left off. He's got the most assists in in, in MLS, and and he's just a a guy that needs to be on the team. But uh, uh, you know, but that's kind of the way it goes. Uh, the All Star thing is. Yeah, I'm not that excited about one way or the other, but um, you know, there are a few players I think, someone like a Jack Dewsbury and, and even a Brad Davis, I think, you know, they kind of get overlooked on the national team and stuff, and some other areas. I think this is a good way to uh, give them a little pat on the back and give them some some recognition, and, and that's good. So, but let's talk Major League Soccer first, and then we'll get to the Women's World Cup. So we'll uh, begin with. Uh, Let's see, how about uh, Kansas City versus Chivas? Uh, against the run of play, Chivas take the lead uh, 30 minutes in via a through ball to an open uh, Labroca up the middle, and he neatly puts it past uh, Jimmy Nielsen. Uh, Kansas City come gunning after the break with a free kick that's just wide, but Chivas forced saves from Nielsen at the other end. Omar Bravo had a good call for a penalty but didn't get it, and then Dan Kenny was forced to come up with a huge uh, save on a long shot that he tipped over. Then with six minutes to go, Kamara got through, pushed to put a great shot in that Kennedy had to push around the post. The pressure continued with hard, a hard header on frame that he pushed wide. We get into stoppage time, and Kansas City are still pressing desperately, this time with a header into the box that a defender tries to clear, only it pops up in what turns out to be a perfect pass for Omar Bravo to head into the goal for the dramatic equalizer. Um, yeah, wow. Uh, Kansas City uh, get the late goal to remain unbeaten at Livestrong Park. So Kansas City won, Chivas won. Houston-Toronto, pretty boring first half with Brad Davis missing a good chance. And uh, uh, um, he got free on over on the left on the left side of the field and, and uh, shanked his shot a little bit. And then he had a free kick that was too long. But early in the second half, right after... Uh, Gordon pleased for a penalty on what was uh, clearly shoulder-to-shoulder contact. He went down very easily. Uh, the Dynamo counter ruthlessly with a ball up to Danny Cruz, who takes it and runs behind the whole Toronto back line. He gets into the box, beats Fry. Uh, the ball hits the keeper's foot and going in off the far post. Um, it's all Dynamo after that with several more chances, including a breakaway by Will Brune that Fry stops. The Dynamo gather the rebound, go right back, and Fry makes a second stop on a hard Clark shot. So pretty impressive uh, goalkeeping. Uh, but then there's a scramble off of the corner kick, and the ball falls to Jeff Cameron. It's an easy goal, and Toronto go down again. 
they did get a late chance from Sulzma, but uh, it was wide. So uh, Houston two, Toronto nil. RSL Dallas Hartman has to keep Dallas in this one with a good save on Will Johnson late in the first half, but uh, early in the second he's the goat as a long free kick by Andy Williams slips right through Hartman's hands and trickles over the line. Yeah, ouch. But RSL don't increase the lead. It looks for sure like Dallas are going to equalize in the 85th when Breck Shea gets into the goal behind the defense. Romando comes out, so uh, Shank digs it past him to a teammate. But Jackson like basically falls over trying to get to the ball. I think it might have been a little bit behind him, but still. He doesn't get anything on the shot. He's literally on the six-yard line with an empty net in front of him, but his shot is so feeble. A defender slides in and clears it off the line. The ball was just kind of rolling towards the line, and the defender got in and cleared it. At the other end, Hartman saves an spindle a chance, and in the final seconds of stoppage time, RSL do some beautiful passing play to get the ball to Espinola in the box. He cuts to his left to make space, slots it home at the near post, and uh, Dallas is done. RSL to Dallas nil. L.A. Chicago, Burhalter of all people, has a header into the side denning just two minutes into this one, but uh, not much happens after that. The fire come out denning after the break, forcing some good play by Saunders in goal for uh, L.A. to keep in the game, but it's L.A. who take the lead via who else? Beckham sending in a curling free kick that Landon heads in. A moment later, though, Nazarit's left wide open in the middle of the box. He heads home on Yarko cross, and we're tied. Just minutes after that, though, Beckham answers with a curled free corner kick that goes through everybody and goes in. Uh, no one t- seemed to touch it. A goal straight from the corner uh, actually went through the goalkeeper's legs. Uh, Niarco sets up Papa, but he skies his shot. Should have done better with that one. Um, things get chippy after that with a hard uh, virtual foul right in front of the Chicago bench that has them in sense, but the only red card goes to a Chicago bench player. Uh, L.A. hold on and uh, get another win. So L.A. 2, Chicago 1. Colorado, Vancouver. Connor Casey can't stop scoring, receiving an angled ball in the box, testing it down, and sliding it under cannon. Nothing much, uh, too much until late in the second half when the Rapids had a free kick into the box that Connor heads on frame, but cannon rejects. Unfortunately, the rebound's right to Polaguta, who sticks it into the goal to double the lead. A moment later, Vancouver have a free kick of their own that's headed on frame, but Pickens saves it. I think it was actually offside, though. Uh, there's some really nice play by the Whitecaps. It sends uh, Camilo in on goal. He gets around Pickens and then rolls it in the empty net to bring one back, but they can't do anything more than that and drop another on the road. So Colorado 2, Vancouver 1. New York, D.C., big rivalry in the east here. Um... Lots of chances uh, for New York, but not much finishing. Uh, Bill Hamid is a wall and goal, snuffing out a ton of opportunities for D.C. Um, D.C. threatened throughout. Uh, just before the half, Charlie Davies goes in 1v1, gets by Sutton, but his shot from the end line is cleared by a sliding Tim Ream. After the break, uh, Henri has a great toe poke uh, out from under his defender, but somehow Hamid gets it down to palm the way. It was actually pretty impressive because just looked like there was no way that uh, Henri was going to get a shot off because there was the defender had the ball basically, but Henri just kind of stuck his foot in there and toe poked it at the key at the goal and and he had to make a great save the keeper. Uh, but on the hour, DC has a faint chance when the ball is flicked into space into the box for Derosario and he does brilliantly to control it and slip it past Sutton on the far side and suddenly the away team lead. Luke Rogers has a chance for New York that he puts wide. After that, it was the Bill Hamid show as he keeps DC in it and though New York uh, pressure to the final second even setting Sutton up into the goal into the box uh, for the corner kick in stoppage time. Uh, D.C. hold on and win against their rivals. De Rosario gets his revenge against his former club, and he becomes the first MLS player to score for three different teams in the same year. Yeah. 
Toronto, New York, and DC. Interesting. Uh, then we had the big Portland-Seattle game. Honestly, I honestly wasn't holding my breath for much of a result in this one. Uh, Seattle's in good form and Portland's not. Uh, but you never know how the atmosphere can fire up a team, and, you know, there certainly was that. Uh, I couldn't be there in person. Tickets to this match were sold out like last year, so that was kind of a bummer. But at the same time, uh, you know, it was impressive. Portland could gain the lead twice, but, you know, bad that we couldn't hold it. And the first half was very defensive. It seemed to me that Spencer's strategy was not to concede a goal in the first half, which was a pretty good strategy, actually, I think, concerning the recent results of conceding a lot. You know, we go down two... 2-0, 15 minutes in, and then, you know, pretty much the game's over at that point. So, Seattle pretty dangerous, and some of Portland's defending is a bit frantic. Portland, uh, Perkins is uh, forced to, to, to make some saves, but the bottom line is, you know, Portland do hold on. Not much offensively until after the break, though, and then it only took seconds as uh, Alassane gets up the right wing, charges into the goal, slides the ball across it, or to somehow deflect in for the lead, apparently an own goal by Jeff Park. A bit lucky, perhaps, but driven by aggressive pressure. But uh, Seattle pressure themselves, and when get within uh, 10, 10 minutes, get a goal back. Uh, Wallace needlessly brings down Montero from behind. It was there was cover, so real no need to do that. And he got himself a yellow and and gifting Seattle a dangerous free kick. So Montero uh, places it well, but the wall didn't jump, and it finds the low corner where Perkins can't quite reach. So ugh. Uh, late on. Uh, off a corner, Seattle corner kick, uh, Portland's uh, Chara remain, retains possession well, feeds it upfield for Perlaza, and he's in on a breakaway. I thought for sure he'd scuff it as usual, and his shot seemed like it didn't have a chance, but a defender throws out a leg. The ball deflects into the goal, and Portland lead a second time. But once again, the lead only lasts minutes as Seattle fight back. And the Timbers can't stop all the crosses coming through the box. Um, Seattle get it into Rosales on one side. He puts it on a doormat for... Montero, who's nearly unmarked for the tap-in. Just ridiculous defending. I'm thinking a draw would be a great result at this point. Uh, certainly better than a loss. But uh, then a long ball over the back has the timber scrambling. It's bouncing into the box. Bruner and Nagel are both going for it. Bruner gets his leg up high trying to clear it. I really didn't see that much contact. To me, it looked like Nagel feels the slight touch, and he just goes right down. But Bruner's leg was up by Nagel's shoulder, so it certainly looked dangerous. Uh, he got the ball first, and any contact came after, so it seemed fairly clean to me. Um, still, you know, I can kind of get the penalty, but the red card I thought was very harsh. Uh, the combination of the two with less than 10 minutes to go pretty much gifts the game to Seattle. Uh, if the ref is sure that's the right thing to do, I guess that's fair, but it seemed a tough call to me to, to, to award both the red and the penalty. Do the penalty, but, you know, leave Portland with 10 men, so, with 11 men, sorry. Uh, so at least they have a chance, you know, at the comeback, so... As it was, that play pretty much ended the game. There was a little bit more. Uh, Alonzo scored the penalty kick. Uh, the Perkins uh, was awfully close to saving it. And uh, the result leaves a bitter taste in Portland's mouth. Uh, Seattle tried to get one more. Should have, should have, except for an amazing save by Perkins right on the goal line, stopping a point-blank header, preventing uh, Montero's hat trick. Uh, Seattle leaps to second place in the West, and Portland remain in the, cellar, in the cellar, though still above the white caps. So a very disappointing result from Portland. Uh, not that surprising, but definitely frustrating. And, and just, you know, when we score two goals after struggling to score, uh, you know, score twice, we take the lead twice, and then somehow end up losing and, and at home. That's just not a good result. I'm sorry. So we shall see what happens with the team, uh, you know. Um, I think they definitely need need some help, uh, you know, throughout the whole team. I think there's there's a good core there and, and, and a pretty good group, but I think we definitely need need 
need a few pieces. There's a few pieces we're, st- we're missing, and hopefully that the Gen- July 15th uh, transfer window they can bring in some people. So we'll see. Other MLS game was the uh, San Jose Philly one. I missed that one, but it turned out to be a nil-nil, so I, I don't know what happened in it, but presumably nothing much. So, oh well. Well, let's talk Women's World Cup. Uh, a few games to we have the quarterfinals, so we've got four games to talk about. Uh, really three and a half, because I... So well, I'll explain to it when I get to it. But uh, England versus France was the first one, and England's best chance comes just 20 seconds in when Kelly Smith gets around the keeper, but her shot is feeble and blocked by the defender. Really poor shot, actually. She, I don't know why she did it so badly. Uh, France has some good shots after that, but the English keeper does well to keep them out. After the break, it's England with the chances, and Jill Scott gets a fortunate bounce to beat two defenders, goes to goal, puts it over the keeper. Terrific. Then um, it's chance after chance after chance for France as England defend frantically. With a lot of time left, that's not a good strategy, but it actually seems to be working for the longest time. Uh, between the keeper and the defenders, they continue to keep France out. Uh, keeper stops several breakaways, but in the uh, 87th, the poor clear falls to France above the box, and it's just stroked into the top corner, and France have equalized. They nearly win it in stoppage, but uh, we go to overtime. Uh, England's Kelly Smith is running on one leg. She had an injury, an ankle problem or something. Uh, but they're out of subs, so she, you know, soldiers on. Ellen White got 1v1, uh, put it into side netting. Uh, that was that was actually pretty pretty poor there. She should have done better. Uh, France couldn't score either, though, and we go to penalties, England's favorite sport. Uh, sure enough, that's their doom. They start off well with a French miss. But after they convert three, Rafferty puts hers wide. We're at level with three apiece. It all comes down to Faye's white kick, and she hits the bar, and it's over. France advance. Uh, England 1-1, but France advance on penalties. Uh, Germany-Japan. I actually missed the goal on this one because my DVR didn't record the overtime. I have no idea why. I had the thing set to record an hour extra of all the games, and somehow this one did not record an hour extra. I don't understand why. I have no clue. Uh, but it was a fairly boring game before that, with Germany not doing much at all, and Japan looking very impressive and aggressive, but, uh, didn't necessarily look like they were necessarily gonna score, but, you know, they were, they were certainly controlling the game and playing, I would say, better than Germany. Um, but apparently, in overtime, Japan scored, and, and won, so, uh, yeah, it was kinda interesting, so, uh, and uh, I was actually pleased to hear that it was Sawa, the Japanese player, um, who's the only one that I know of, and the, the only person I can name on the Japanese team. And uh, I like her a lot. She's she's really good. It's her fifth World Cup, and and she's their best player, and and uh, scored the hat trick earlier in one of the earlier games. And uh, she had an injury in this one, uh, got kicked in the crotch, and went down. Um, they were and the it was really kind of funny. The commentators were so clueless. They I mean it was very clear that she got kicked. And they were all like, you know, oh no, she's torn her groin or something. She's not going to be coming back in. She's done, you know, and, and that kind of thing. And then I was sitting there going, it was a contact injury. Usually you can recover from those. And sure enough, after some treatment on the sideline, she gets up and goes back in. And then the commentators are like, I can't believe she's coming back in, you know. And I was like, and then they find, I think they finally figured it out after, you know. 10 minutes, but anyway, she was well enough, apparently, to uh, play the ball in that was the through ball that the, the Japanese player scored from, so uh, great, great result for Japan. Huge shock for Germany, and uh, of course, we have controversy with that, too, because they left uh, Pring, uh, Prings, their, their top scorer, on the bench again for this game, and then um, they lost, and so now it's like, you know, 
was that the right decision to do? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, you could kind of do the same thing with the United States with Abby Wambach. You know, she's a top scorer, but she hasn't been scoring. Do we leave her on the bench? Do we, you know, waste waste a slot to put her in there? But as you will see, that was a good decision to put her in there. So, um, anyway, that's it for the Germany Japan. Germany nil, Japan won, so Japan advance. So uh, that'll be Japan. Uh, let's see, um, Japan versus uh, Sweden, which Sweden is the next the next uh, quarterfinal. Uh, Australia give the ball away at the back just five minutes into this one, kind of foreshadowing the, the future, but uh, Sweden can't take advantage at that point. Uh, but they really don't need the gift as they quickly score at the near post in the 10th. Just five minutes later, they had a second via an unmarked header in the box. Australia get one back before the half, though. A rocket from the corner of the box that finds the top corner. Very nice goal. Uh, you start thinking, ah, maybe Australia's got something. But just after the break, like just minutes in, Australia give it right back, a horrible back pass into the path of a Swedish player who's, you know, pretty clever to, to spot the, 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 the back pass and, and intercept it. She runs on to goal, rounds the keeper, and scores just to tap in across into the empty box. So Australia create a few, create a few chances after that with some long-range shots, but nothing that really tests the keeper, and this one was, was, was very clear which was the better team. So Sweden 3, Australia 1, and... Uh, Basically, we could be having a, a, a Sweden-USA final. Remember, Sweden beat USA, so this could be really interesting. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, let's talk about the big game. <laughs> wow, this is an amazing game. I actually, uh, you know, found some comments about this and different things on, on you know, non-soccer sites that were talking about this game and raving about how great it was. I mean, this was... Um, I mean, uh, definitely one of the best games I've ever seen in my life. I mean, this is up there, and I say that, you know, regardless of whether this is men's or women's or, or shuffleboard or whatever sport, I mean, this was an incredible, incredible game. Um, just absolutely amazing. I, I was just an emotional wreck after watching this. I was just, I was literally just shaking and just kind of going like, what? I mean, what, what, how do you, what do you, what do you do after this? What do you, how do you top that? I mean, just absolutely insane. Um, so USA get a break break uh, just a minute in when Wambach uh, crosses a ball into the box. Brazil puts it into their own net. Uh, I actually thought this wasn't really the best thing because it, it really kind of changed the USA's game plan completely. We did, you know we, we, we had a certain strategy going in, uh, but when you score that early, um, it's it's almost like I, I was worried the U.S. would kind of lay off, not keep pressing for that second goal, and that's kind of what happened. I mean, I mean they they did continue to dominate for for a while, about 20 minutes I think, but then Brazil started to get gone and created some danger. They hit the bar once on a, a kind of a, a cross that was you know was trying to go across the face of the goal, but it could have dipped in. Uh, you know, overall the USA, you know, they they looked pretty comfortable. I don't think Brazil did that much, uh, but I still would have preferred the USA scoring a second. I mean, it was just, you know, it was just too tight. And we got into the second half, and it was kind of a real hint of disaster looming uh, in the 50th. Uh, Carly Lloyd was in the basically right in the center of the of the field. Um, she deliberately uh, handled the ball. Um, you know, trying to control it, and it was kind of out of reach, and she stuck out an arm to, to basically, you know, intercept it. Um, she was already on a yellow card, so a lot of refs would have said, you know, deliberate handball, it looked very deliberate, here's a second yellow, you know. 
Fortunately, this ref did not do that. Was at least merciful there. But uh, it was kind of a, you know, kind of a, kind of a hint warning. And I don't know why she would do so. She already knew she had a yellow. So why are you putting out your hand like that? It wasn't that, you know, it was in the middle of the park. It's not like, you know, right outside the penalty box when the player's going to run on a goal if you don't do something to, you know, get, you know, stop the ball. So, um, you know, anyway, uh, let's say on the hour, long shot from Brazil forces a, a nice save, solid save by, by Hope Solo. And then, uh, Lloyd hits the crossbar with a header off of a free kick. Uh, we still haven't seen too much from Marta though in this one. Uh, she'd been frustrated all game, uh, but she shows in the 65th though, not in necessarily in the good way. Uh, kind of a mixture there. She was kind of a mixture. I have some comments about Marta I'll say in a minute, but, uh, uh, basically, a nice ball over the back gets her in on goal, but three defenders are in with her. Uh, but she pops the ball over them into space and uh, seems to be cruising into goal alone. But Rachel Bueller is on her tail, slides in between Marta and the ball, and clears it out. At least that's what I saw. Uh, Marta throws herself in the air, trying to get contact with the ball. Actually, I thought she actually fouled Bueller. And then she falls as though she was fouled. Um, I thought the ref was reaching, I saw the ref reaching for, you know, a card or something, and I thought, ah, she's going to give Marta a yellow. Because to me, the way that Marta threw herself through the air and then the way she flopped on the ground, it was just screaming, you know, dive. It was just so over, overdone. And I thought for sure the ref was not going to buy it. Instead, uh, oh, then I saw the, the Brazil players congratulating each other, and I was like, what, why are they congr- what? And then I saw, I realized that I, I realized she's declared a penalty. And then as soon as she, I knew she had done a penalty, then I'm thinking, okay, the card is for our player, and it's back pocket, straight red to Bueller, which is just outrageous. And then a penalty against the USA, which I think is questionable. I didn't even think it was a foul. If anything, it was a foul on Marta against Bueller. But I could still see maybe calling that, but calling the penalty, I mean, to me, to me, this whole last man stopping a goal scoring chance and stuff, it's not a, if, if, if there's a question about the foul, like is it a foul or is it or not, is it 50-50 ball, is it, you know, you can't give the red card. And I thought this was very questionable whether or not this was a foul. And so to me, the red card is just absurd. Um, you know, so anyway, I, I wasn't the ref, the ref called it, you know, Brazil takes it. Then we have more controversy, because Hope Solo makes a fantastic save on the penalty kick. Just terrific. The crowd, the USA players are going nuts. Uh, justice has been served. Uh, but then, suddenly, and it was after a really long delay. I hate that when they do the delay like this. I mean, the USA players are celebrating. They're getting ready to play the ball up the field. Everybody, you know, and it's like five minutes later, all of a sudden, the referee is like, we're retaking the penalty kick. It's like, What? <laughs> I mean, usually you would expect if there's a problem with a penalty kick, the whistle blows, like, almost while the penalty kick is being taken. I mean, it's, like, right there, and you immediately, you know, so you don't even have a chance to... This time, she lets them celebrate and go nuts and do all this stuff, and then it's like, okay, now that you're done doing all that, we're going to do a redo. It's like, what? Uh, So I wasn't very impressed with that. Um, At the time when I was watching this game... I was just screaming at my TV because the argument seemed to be that Solo had come off her line, and on the replay, she clearly hadn't. Uh, but then, you know, later replays showed that there was encroachment by a U.S. player into the box before the kick, which, you know, 
looks to be a good call, I guess, but the, the only problem with it is... First of all, that's done all the time, a step or two. It was literally just one player taking one step into the box, you know, and it's a U.S. player taking one step into the box. Now, I realize technically, fully, you know, that's that's fully against the rules. No question it's a good call. I don't disagree with that at all. I will say, however, that that happens all the time, and you rarely see it called. You know, if it's if it's major, major running into the goal beforehand, that's probably not going to get called, but this was this was pretty tight. It was pretty tight, but um, but I also don't understand why the refs can't explain this at the time. I mean, why couldn't the ref immediately when she makes this call? It says it was encroachment by this player here into the box. That's why we're retaking the penalty kick. You know, instead she doesn't explain herself. Hope Solo goes over to argue with the assistant ref because she thinks that she was to blame somehow. That they're blaming her, and she's like, "I didn't come off my line. You can't tell me I went out. You know, I didn't." And then the the ref gives her a yellow card for you know dissent. It's like, well, of course she's going to argue. She she's being accused. She thinks she's being accused of something she didn't do. You know, so I, I thought the the way this was handled was was you know very very poor. I mean, I mean, if they just why can't they explain this? That's what I don't understand. You know, it just creates. Animosity and hard feelings. You feel the ref has cheated you. You know, it's just the whole thing's dumb. So, I don't know. Anyway, this is all crazy. Marta takes the retake, converts it, which enraged the crowd. I love that they booed Marta every time after that that she had the ball. This is a very knowledgeable crowd. I'm sure that you know they thought she had dived. That's what it was. And um, you know, the the crowd they were basically rooting for the USA, not Brazil. And and, and I think Marta. I think she's really hurt her reputation in this cup. I was not, I, I've been a huge Marta fan in the past. You know, I, I go back to some previous podcasts where, where I talked about her, you know, previous World Cups. Uh, you know, I, I think she's a fan in, in Olympics and stuff. I think she's a, she's a great player. But I was not impressed with her at this World Cup. Um, from the very first, that, that earlier game where she clearly pushed down a player on the way to scoring her goal. Uh, to this dive and her sour attitude when losing and, and, uh, I mean, she, she just gets very negative when she's, when she's, when she, when her team's not winning, when she's frustrated and, you know, things aren't going her way. Um, you know, she's, she's, she's just got a snarl on her face. She's snapping at her, at her teammates. And I think, uh, I kind of understand where she's coming from. I think her, her problem is she knows that her teammates are not up to the level where she is and, and not up to the level where she wants them to be. Not the level where they should be, you know, as a as a team, and so she's she's playing with people that are not as good as her, and it's very frustrating. She's like, "Come on, come on, you know, do that," and then they keep, you know, she goes out of her way, does this some, some incredible thing to score a goal, for example, and then her team does something stupid and and lets in a goal. You know, that would be the typical kind of you know feeling that she has, and, um, and you know, and I and I have some sympathy for her because you know I, I'm sure she's under she's under just ridiculous pressure from her country. They they think she's like the female Pele, and you know, they, just Brazil puts a lot of pressure on their players, and uh, you know, she's she's clearly not pleased with her mediocre teammates or on a level. But you know, she shouldn't be needing to cheat to win. That's the problem I have, and uh, you know, and I think she's really hurt herself, hurt her reputation in this in this World Cup because of how she's how she's played, and and unfortunately, I think that's one of the things that people are going to remember about Marta, Marta with this World Cup. You know, is uh, 
that um, you know I think most people would look and say a couple of her goals don't shouldn't have counted. You know she'll probably win the the golden boot uh, for most goals because she does. I think she is in the lead for that. But uh, you know scored two goals in this game and and you know scored you know a number of other goals. But it's like I don't think you know I think when that's presented she'll probably get booed. <laughs> you know because I think people are not very impressed with her. So very interesting. So. Uh, so anyway, back to this game. Um, now, now, uh, Brazil have equalized. It's in the 65th minute. USA have, you know, they're down to 10 men because of the Bueller rejection. And they've got to play like 30 more minutes in this game. Uh, it looks like it's, you know, against the, the, one of the top attacking teams. And, and, uh, you know, the USA's defense has, has looked a little frail at times. And I, I was not very hopeful. I thought for sure Brazil would would score another goal and and win it, win this in the in the last you know last 30 minutes. And I was just going, ah, this ref just you know screwed everything up, and and uh, the USA is going to go out in the quarterfinals because of this ref, and it's really frustrating. But you know we hold on. They hold on until overtime, and. Uh, and so then it's like, okay, we made it to overtime, but it just seems like this monumental task at this point, you know, to continue to another half, you know, another half hour, down another player, everybody's getting exhausted. But then, just a disaster, just like 90 seconds after the restart of overtime, uh, Brazil get the ball to an offside player who finds Marta in the box. She just kicks a hopeful ball towards goal that just pings in off the post. Uh, it was, you know, br- great goal, except that, you know, it should have been called for the offside. And the U.S. players were trying to signal the ref, but you know didn't 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 didn't, didn't see it. I think the the assistant ref was out of position, probably. But uh, you know, and so now suddenly Brazil lead. We're still down. Now we're down a goal and a man still. And uh, but the USA don't quit. They continue to try. Uh, I was very impressed. I thought they actually did better with with ten men or ten women, I should say, than they did with eleven. In terms of uh, pressuring Brazil, you know, for a lot of this, there was there was a big period in the, you know, after, in the first half where I thought that we should have been, you know, pressuring them like we did here in, in the in the in overtime, and 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 we could have scored a goal or two, but instead we kind of let them get into it and 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 press us a little bit, and uh, you know, we went down to ten players, and all of a sudden we're pushing the game, you know, and uh, we had to, but at the same time, you know. But uh, Abby Wambach, she forced a huge save by the Brazilian keeper. Uh, had a good shot that the keeper got really low and, and and pushed it out. And then Hope has a little bit of pressure at the at the other end, you know. But she has a nice punch out. And and uh, but you know time just keeps dwindling. It just looks like all hope is gone. Uh, uh, Lloyd has a shot over the bar, uh, just seconds into stoppage time. And then a minute later, Rapino, Megan Rapino, uh, puts in a beautiful cross in the left wing that does what I've been wanting all game. I they talked about this, and I'd seen it. The Brazilian keeper was just weak on crosses all day, and I was like, "Why don't they put in more balls that like that? You know, put in more of those cross balls that she struggles with." And they finally do it in the 122nd minute. Um, she comes out, it's, you know, one of those balls that's, you know, just perfect, just outside of her reach, and she thinks I can get to it. She comes out, flaps at it. Abby Wambach is there, heads it home, uh, behind her into the empty goal, and just like that, the 122nd minute. Uh, out of three minutes of stoppage time, the USA have tied the match. We're going to penalties. So, um, I mean, you, you can't write this stuff. It's just amazing. So the uh, penalties start off dramatic with uh, Shannon Box's shot stopped, but the Brazilian keeper had clearly come way off her line, and she was like two yards off her line to make the stop. 
very clear um, you know violation and had to be retaken. So Box has to retake it. You think that would make you nervy? Nervy with you know you're the first kick. You're very imp- it's very important you win it. You, you've already had you know your confidence a little bit shattered because the keeper stopped it and the keeper cheated to do that by coming off her line. But at the same time, that's still got to be in the back of your head a little bit. I was very impressed. She just makes it look easy, puts it right back in, and uh, the USA take the lead. Um, all the players take turns making PKs, and then Hope Solo makes a terrific one-headed save on one, puts the USA ahead. Fantastic. Brazil have to make their last shot, which they do. It all comes down to Ali Krieger to make hers for the USA for the win. There's no doubt she slots it low into the corner, and the USA win just like that. Unbelievable. A miracle comeback from the dead. Wow, one thing you could say about this, no way that the USA didn't deserve this. I mean, hats off, this was just, you know, to fight back, uh, you know, for an hour a woman down, go down a goal, equalize, overtime, win on perfect penalties. This is a deserved win for the ages. Um, now, the other interesting thing we can talk about just briefly is, this is a fascinating tournament now. The top three teams going into this tournament were Brazil, Germany, and the United States. Germany and Brazil are gone after the quarterfinal stage. Nobody expected that. Uh, that means that the USA is far and away the top team left in this tournament. Um, but the fascinating thing here is we, uh, you know, the, the other thing is, I, you know, I think their chances are very good to go all the way to the end. And, and you got to think they feel like a team of destiny now, you know, after winning like that, that, you know, no matter what the other team, the referees, anything throws at them, they just, they can handle it, you know. So, um, you know, amazing. Hats off. You know, I'm sorry for doubting you because I definitely had some doubts about this American team, but they've shown me they've, they've got the stuff, you know. Uh, skill-wise, I think they're still missing a few pieces, but they've certainly got the heart and the drive and the, the, the willpower, you know, and that's what, that's what it takes. That's what it takes, you know. Um, but the cool thing is it, we're going to play, uh, we play France. So USA, France, and then uh, Japan plays Sweden. And so if things go to form, you would expect USA to beat France and Sweden to beat Japan, and then that would be USA-Sweden in the final, and Sweden already beat USA, and that was, you know, kind of that fluky game with the, the you know, controversial penalty kick, and, well, I don't know if it was that controversial, but... At least, you know, it was a, it was a penalty kick, and then the but the 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 free kick that you know deflected in and and uh, some other things and and uh, you know I don't know I, I think that could be a fascinating final you know we, we got to be can't we got to be careful not getting ahead of ourselves you know they do have to get through France I think France is actually a very good team but they have shown uh, they lost to Japan I think it was and and have shown some some uh, was it Japan I think it, I can't remember now but they have shown some frailties so they're definitely not perfect um, uh, you know but uh, they lost to somebody I can't remember it was Brazil I can't remember but anyway uh, wow but that game I tell you that was a fantastic game I'm just you know, was just absolutely amazed. And anybody that can watch a game like, I mean, that was just the most exciting, dramatic stuff you've ever seen. I mean, that's just amazing. That's just amazing. It just really shows, you know, why we love this game. I mean, come on, that was just so dramatic and exciting and interesting. And, and uh, wow, that's just 
Uh, you know, pretty. I just, I really am kind of speechless about it. It just, it really is just an amazing thing. I mean, watching the game, I was sitting there and I was just, you know, when it was two. You know, well, it was. I guess it was still one-one, but we were down a person. And, and well, actually, no. I guess, you know, that, that was probably the worst feeling. Yeah. Um, and and then we we um, and I just thought. You know, there's there's just no way. We, we've just lost a, a player. We've we're, we're, we're you know they've tied it. Uh, I didn't think at that point we'd created that many chances to score, and it just really seemed like there's no hope in this. You know, and 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 Brazil is they got some really speedy, tricky players, and I just thought they're going to score a goal, especially like Marta or something. But somehow, you know, down a man. The USA played better and kept Brazil out until until we got into you know overtime. Then all of a sudden they do get a goal and it was pretty fluky because it was off of you know the the offside and all that and and uh, you know a bit a bit uh, a bit frustrating to get stung like that. It was a little bit lucky, a little bit you know a lot of skill from Marta, you know incredible incredible overhead kick kind of thing to to score that goal. Uh, they're back to goal and and just kind of dink it in off the post and uh, you know it's one of those goals I. She could probably do it ten times, and and nine and a half, it wouldn't go in. You know, I, I don't know. Uh, seems pretty slim, uh, kind of a try. But uh, that time it worked. You know, and uh, but um, USA fought back, scoring in the you know in stoppage time, in the second minute of stoppage time. And and I really thought when we got to that, you know, oh the other thing I forgot to mention too is it was fascinating that stoppage time mostly came from one of the uh, and I do. I should congratulate the ref on this because uh, so many times I've seen this work where basically one of the Brazilian players pretended to be injured. They brought the stretcher out, took her off the field. She immediately gets up and wants back in. You know, it was just a ploy to waste time. The USA it was odds. Their throw in. They had the momentum. They were going, and this Brazilian player just falls down the box and lies there until they bring out the stretcher and carry her off. And then as soon as they get off the field, she's up and ready to come back in, you know. So it was clearly just a ploy to waste some time. And the ref very, very, very justly added on extra time for that. And I've seen, you know, where you see that happen in games, and then the ref doesn't actually add on that time. So congrats, you know, really good refereeing on that point um, to add that extra time because a lot of refs wouldn't have done that, and uh, which is one of my... Real pet peeves. I just really bugs me when they when they when they do that, you know, because that's that encourages the other teams to do that kind of time wasting because they get away with it. It works. That's why they do it, you know. And so I thought the player should have gotten a yellow. Would be my only other thing would be to to give her a yellow for for fakery like that. But um, at any rate, you know, to come back and I, and I remember thinking when it was you know just just a minute or so in regulation and. Uh, you know, and we we really hadn't had. I mean, we've been doing a lot of pressuring, but it wasn't like we'd been forcing. It wasn't like the keeper, the goalkeeper, had been standing on her head and just doing you know save after save after fantastic save. You know, the the chances had been had been chances, but not you know not sort of guaranteed kind of goals that that we got robbed from or anything like that. And and sometimes I've seen games where. Where you 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 get robbed a few times on the goals, and you're thinking one of these has got to go in, and and you're also thinking all we need to do is get one more like that, and this time it won't be saved. You know, you kind of feel that, um, and there wasn't that kind of thing, and and I just felt like you know a lot of teams you put your head down, and I never saw the American women put their heads down. I, they kept trying, they kept they kept their heads up, they kept trying, 
and unbelievably score in the 122nd minute to tie it up, take it to penalties, and I think they all knew going into penalties, Hope Solo was going to bail them out, and that's what she did. So superstars on the whole team, congrats to everybody. I am really, really impressed. And no matter what happens the rest of this tournament, uh, I have a feeling they're going to do very good in the rest of this tournament because I just think with that momentum, you've got to. But, uh, you know, all this is a waste if you don't do better than this, you know. But at the same time, no matter what happens, they are going to come home unbelievable champions. Very similar to the U.S. men's team that, you know, had that great, you know, stoppage time goal by Landon Donovan against Algeria and went on and then, you know, came back to the States, you know, basically treated as, as, as heroes for what they did because they, you know, people saw that game and were like, you know, really impressed with their fight and, and what they did in that. And that, you know, dramatic, you know, scoring like that is, is really, really exciting. And, and, uh, I think the women, that's, that's going to be fun to see them when they come back home and, and how they're treated and stuff. Cause I think it's going to be neat. So anyway, that's enough of me rambling. So, uh, as always, uh, Next podcast, we'll try to get to it on Monday. I just ran out of time this week, so I'm a little bit late. But uh, as always, mark at SoccerTalkUSA.com if you have any comments or thoughts on this and want to drop me an email. And the voicemail is area code 206-339-8359 if you want to drop me a voicemail. And uh, we'll see you next week. All right. Bye-bye.